is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877 381 3811. 877 381 3811. You know, I, I, I listen, I watch to what Biden, Sullivan, Blink, and the rest of them say. The arrogance, the sanctimony, the indifference, the ignorance of these people. They are now, and have been, but especially now, are telling a sovereign nation what its borders must look like. They're telling a sovereign nation that they must surrender upwards of a third of their landmass to their enemy. They're telling a sovereign nation this publicly, they're telling a sovereign nation this privately. They're telling the sovereign nation's enemies this. They're trying to build a coalition to force their way on a sovereign nation. And so what happens? If you want to know what the administration thinks, then watch CNN. Watch MSNBC in specific. Watch Jake Tapper. And watch Joe Scarborough, two very stupid men, but it doesn't matter. If you want to know what the administration believes, read Tom Friedman. A barely literate writer who gets Pulitzer Prizes like, you know, kids get lollipops. So what is the U.S. policy towards Israel? They're starting to withhold weapons. The Biden administration. They said we're not micromanaging the war, yet they are. They're certainly trying to. They're now withholding certain munitions from Israel. Joe Biden has said, yeah, I think we ought to talk about conditioning our aid to Israel on Israel's compliance with my government and my demands. He doesn't place any conditions on Iran when he directly and indirectly allows 
tens of billions of dollars to flow into Iran's treasury. No conditions at all. Like, you know, stop trying to kill American soldiers. Stop funding terrorism that slaughters citizens in other countries. Stop. No, there's no conditions on Iran. They just give them the money. There can never be a two-state solution, America. Not a single news organization today, no, I didn't watch it all, and I couldn't watch it all, that I did watch, mentioned those two surveys I've been talking about, which are almost identical. One conducted by an Arab organization, another one by a Palestinian organization. And the results are that the vast majority of Palestinians living in territory that surrounds Israel once the Israelis exterminated. 75 to 80% want Israel destroyed. Use the river to the sea line made famous in America by Democrat, Marxist, Jew hater, Talib. Over 80% of those surveyed, in both surveys, almost 90% support what happened on October 7, support Hamas, And we're being told by Jake Sullivan and Anthony Blinken. We're being told by Biden once in a while when he mumbles through. That Hamas is different than the Palestinians. First of all, Hamas is Palestinian. Secondly, how is it different? I just provided my evidence. Where's their evidence? I said, I just provided my evidence. Where's their evidence? My evidence comes from an Arab source and a Palestinian source. Maybe they do a few interviews, the media, and they say, look at this. This person doesn't like Hamas. It's not how it works. My evidence, based on scientific polling and surveys, is that the Palestinians that surround Israel are anti-Semites. They're racist. They want to destroy the Jews. Period. It's not even a close call. It's not 51-49. And no, it's 8 out of 10. That's why there's no Martin Luther King among the Palestinians. Why would there be? When Hamas was voted into office in Gaza, that was intentional. You know, if they held a vote today uh, to lead the Palestinian Authority, which has been handed due to Oslo, power over chunks of Judea and Samaria and other parts of the Jewish homeland. Do you know that Hamas would get 75% of the vote? Did you read that in that survey, Mr. Producer? And so to have a guy like Blinken or Sullivan or the rest of the mouthpieces, Kirby, or their morons in the media, low IQ Joe, constipated face, Tapper, to go on about, well, Hamas doesn't represent the Palestinians. It does represent the Palestinians. That is the reality. Just like the Third Reich represented the vast majority of the German people. The Islamo-Nazi entities and regimes represent, around the Israelis, 
the Palestinians. Represent their will. So why do they keep lying about it on ABC, NBC, and CBS? Why do they keep lying about it on the Sunday shows? Why do they keep lying about it at Dan Abrams' mouthpiece over there, that, that website, or George Soros' mouthpiece in that website? Why do they keep lying about it? It's a reality. And unlike people who work at CNN and they go home at night from their posh offices in Washington and New York, or MSNBC, or the New York Slimes, or the Compost, or all the rest of them, the Israeli Jews have nowhere else to go. They're surrounded, literally. But Joe Biden says it's a two-state solution, which he's had since he was 12 years old. That's exactly, that'll fix everything. The Palestinians need a homeland. They need a homeland. They have a homeland. It's called Jordan. And they tried to overthrow the monarchy there. The Palestinians are Arabs. It's what they are. And there's not another Arab country on the face of the earth that wants anything to do with them. Why? Why? Because they know. They see. And what Donald Trump did is he said, you know, we've had enough of this Palestinian stuff. We're going to go around them. They're not the only people who live in the Middle East. We need to make peace. And his focus was not the Palestinians, but the Gulf Arab states and other Arab countries with majority Muslim populations, overwhelmingly. And that's how you got the Abraham Accords. And that's how you got real peace between Saudi Arabia and Israel, and it shall progress one day. And so Biden and the others come in, they're the arsonists, and they say, uh, no, no, we're going to reverse this whole thing. The Palestinian issue is the number one issue. But it's even worse than that. What have I been saying week after week here? Here, on Levin TV, on my Fox shows, what have I been saying? Joe Biden is funding terrorism. Nobody can dispute me. Nobody. When you pro- pro- uh, permit billions to flow into Iran because you, you issue a waiver that prevents these sanctions that Trump put on to prevent the export of oil, you're funding and rearming Iran, which is a terrorist regime. I don't need text messages, documents, depositions. That's what's going on. Iran funds Hamas. That's what's going on. Iran funds Hezbollah. Iran funds the Houthis. Joe Biden takes no responsibility for his handiwork. None. What else have I said behind this microphone? Others are now picking up on it. And it's good. Pick up on all of it. Joe Biden has done everything possible to claim that Iran was not directly involved on October 7th. And why has he done that? Why did I tell you he did that? Why did I say on Fox that he did that? Because he's trying to distance his policies, which were complicit in funding the Iranians, Hamas, Hezbollah, and the rest of the rat finks, to distance his policies, his administration, his responsibilities for what's taking place from what took place on October 7th. But his hands are filled with blood. 
So are Blinkets. So are Sullivan. So is the whole Biden regime. And then they keep doing shuttle diplomacy, sending one Nimrod after another into Israel to try and pressure Netanyahu. They're unleashing the American media to try and trash Netanyahu, to try and destroy his government. They desperately, desperately want the left-wing parties of Israel back so they can chop up Israel, give it to the Palestinians, and claim peace in our time. And yet Hamas said, we don't want another country. We want a caliphate. Hamas says in its own mission statement that even the anti-Semites at the State Department and in the White House can read that they're about a caliphate. They're about an intifada, a worldwide revolution. The Europeans just found a, a Hamas cell that was planning terrorist attacks. There will be many in our own country as a result of Biden's open borders. But I have another question for you, America. Where are the Republicans? Where are the Republicans? Where is this guy Mike McCall? Isn't he the chairman of the House Foreign Affairs Committee or something of that sort? Has anybody heard from him? You haven't heard a damn thing from this guy. He's in bed with the Biden administration, a Republican chairman. Anybody here from the House Intelligence Committee? I forget that guy's name, another Mike. Doesn't matter, who cares? Mike Turner, maybe? Anybody heard from him on what Biden is doing and how this is appalling? I haven't heard from him, have you? These guys are all over TV. Look at the Senate. It's even worse. Has anybody heard from Republicans in the United States Senate condemning what the Biden administration is doing without the consent of the American people, without the consent or even involvement of Congress? They're running a rogue foreign policy. They don't even give speeches to the American people. What is their foreign policy? They won't tell you. And we know from their own bragging in the past, these are Obama staffers, now Biden staffers. We know from their own bragging that they view ambiguity, a lack of transparency, as a way to get what they want, to stay under the radar. So they give you the the two-talk, the the two-step. We support Israel. Hamas is bad, but Israel needs to finish its ground operation in three days. Israel needs to stop bombing. Israel needs to believe in a two-state solution. Israel must not, quote-unquote, reoccupy Gaza and demilitarize it and denazify it. No, no, no. That's got to be left to the Arabs. Well, how many Arabs are in there fighting and dying? None, unless they're Israeli Arabs. I've never seen a situation during my lifetime where you have a, an American administration literally dictating to an ally how to fight a war. Literally dictating to an ally. In fact, accusing an ally 
of indiscriminate bombing and killing civilians indiscriminately. I've never heard of an administration that insists, well, Joe Biden believes a two-state solution. Oh, okay, then I'll turn our country inside out, upside down for Joe Biden. Was Joe Biden elected president in Israel? Joe Biden couldn't be elected dog catcher in Israel, and he couldn't be elected president today. But for all the shenanigans that go on, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mark Levin here, folks, with essential information about a possible digital dollar and its impact on IRAs and 401ks. Educate yourself before a digital dollar comes with Augusta Precious Metals' downside of the digital dollar report. Created due to popular demand, this report is packed with important digital dollar insights. Best of all, it shares a strategy smart investors have used to hedge against economic uncertainties like the digital dollar. Act now to learn more with Augusta Precious Metals. Do it for your financial future. Receive the free downside of the digital dollar report today by texting LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text aid and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. I think some Republicans actually believe that appearing on radio or appearing on TV or posting things on social media are the same thing as actually getting something done on Capitol Hill, Mr. Producer. You get that impression? They make them feel good, but they're not doing a damn thing. They should be jumping up and down right now in the Senate about how this is playing out now with Biden and Blinken, a third Obama term. They should be jumping up and down in the House and I have a strong disagreement with some of these so-called budget hawks in the House of Representatives who are tying aid to Israel to reducing the debt. You don't have a working majority. You can beat your chest. You can come on this show and jump up and down. You don't have the votes to do what you want to do. So you're going to starve Israel? Is that it? Mark Levin here, folks, with essential information about a possible digital dollar and its impact on IRAs and 401ks. Educate yourself before a digital dollar comes with Augusta Precious Metals' downside of the digital dollar report. Created due to popular demand, this report is packed with important digital dollar insights. Best of all, it shares a strategy smart investors have used to hedge against economic uncertainties like the digital dollar. Act now to learn more with Augusta Precious Metals. Do it for your financial future. Receive the free downside of the Digital Dollar Report today by texting LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text aid and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com.
The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. Look how they're trying to destroy Rudy Giuliani now. The federal judge rules that he's guilty of libel. A jury, I think, in Washington, D.C., awards the two plaintiffs an enormous amount of money, far more than they even asked for, $148 million. Because they had threats against their lives, because they were called out as doing something with voting and all the rest of it. These are the allegations. But this is very interesting to me, Mr. Producer. I know I'm a public figure. So when somebody calls me an anti-Semite, some people I call anti-Semites because they are. Or somebody calls me a right-winger. Or somebody calls me something that I'm not. Should I just sue them? See what happens? What about the threats I received, Mr. Producer? Anybody care about those threats? No, of course not. You know, I have a little hope today. In fact, I had a lot of hope today. Flew from Florida to Virginia. And I don't use Uber, I use Lyft. I just have better luck with Lyft. And I fly into Reagan National. And a young lady picks me up. She appears to be African American or interracial. She wants to have a discussion with, so I talk. She doesn't know who I am, which is like a lot of people. She was so sweet, so intelligent, so straightforward. She gets on the subject about wokeism, about how can a man be a woman and a woman a man. They can change, obviously, their body parts, but they can't change the fact of nature. Of course, she's right. And she wasn't some political ideologue. And I'm listening to her. 35 years old. She had a child out of wedlock when she was 19. I, I didn't, how would I know to even ask these questions? She did marijuana. She ran with a rough crowd. But she'd been raised as one of a number of children as a Mormon. And yet she walked away from that in her teenage years and joined, you know, the happy in the moment crowd. And she raised that, that baby, who she told me had a lot of difficulties, but now is loved by his peers, 16, I think, by his teachers, gets A's and B's. She said, I spent my life focused on my son. And she says, I live around Washington, D.C., and I'm living around women who, who keep wanting to be men who keep wanting to compete with men, who keep wanting to outdo men. Now, she's no weirdly a misogynist of any kind. She's just saying, 
I'm an independent person. I'm not going to go along with the crowd. Just because somebody out of an Ivy League school tells me a guy can be a girl and a girl can be a guy, or somebody on TV tells me something I know not to be true, I choose not to believe it. I thought to myself, who is this young lady? She has a boyfriend of several months. She said, I, I'm at the age now where you know, I want to meet somebody and settle down. And she said, I like that idea of a single family home and a white fence and living that kind of life. I like to go into the city too. But what's wrong with a traditional marriage and a traditional life? I said, absolutely nothing. She said, all the pressure is in the opposite direction. She's dating a gentleman who's older than her, who she really likes. Really likes. Obviously, I don't know who it is. And he seems sort of willing to commit, but sort of nervous about it. And she said, I will not have a physical relationship with somebody unless I feel, unless I believe that there's going to be marriage involved. I said, wow. So much wisdom. So much wisdom. And she said to me, you know, again, unsolicited by me, I didn't want to get into politics, I was just listening pretty much, ask a few questions here and there. She said, you know, some of the people I used to hang with, some of the people still that I know hate Donald Trump. I said, oh, this will be interesting, Mr. Producer. Her boyfriend is one of them. She said, I don't know if I'll vote for Trump or not, but why would I hate him? He's going to be a dictator, she said. How's he going to be a dictator? He wasn't a dictator before. I'm listening to this. I said, I agree with you. And they call him Hitler? She said, do they know who Hitler was and what he did? Listen to this young lady, folks. She said, I'm not into one party or the other or the rest of it and so forth, but I think for myself. Why do people around me have such hate for this man? She said, I find him to be different than the other politicians, and that's why I kind of am attracted to him politically. She said, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm going to vote for him, but he doesn't just seem to go along. She said, it's like me. I believe I'm an independent spirit. I'm not going along with people anymore who are going to create problems for me. And she said, I lived during his four years. They were pretty good. What do you make of this, Mr. Producer? She's a Lyft driver. And as I say, um, I don't know what to expect. I'm just listening. So I said, let me ask you something. 
if I give you a book, you're going to drop me off at my house. If I give you a book, will you read it? She said, absolutely. She said, I read a lot. I said, well, if you read two books, you read a lot, can I give you two different books? She said, absolutely. So I said, I'm going to give you one book. You may not like the title. Don't show it to your boyfriend. It may create a fissure. It's called The Democrat Party Hates America. You know what she said to me? You might be right about that. But I like the title. I said, the other book you might want to read is American Marxism. She said, you know what? I go on Amazon a lot. I've seen that book. I said, because months that book was number one in the country, beating all other books, fiction and nonfiction. She said, I saw the cover of that book. I said, well, I want to give you a copy of them. I'm going to sign them for you when you drop me off if you promise me that you'll read them. She said, I read a lot, and I promise you I will. I said, don't read that other one in front of your boyfriend. The Democrat Party hates America. <laughs> or at least take the... Uh, the cover off of it. And then I did something I've never done, Mr. Producer. I said, I'm going to give you my cell number. Read these two books. And if you have any questions whatsoever about what I've written or what I say or even beyond that, call me. I'm more than happy to discuss it with you. And after I did that, I felt, wow. There are red-blooded Americans out there. I don't care what color they are. I don't care about any of that stuff. Who get it, regardless of what they hear on TV or read, regardless of social media, regardless of all the hate speech coming out of the Democrat Party. They get it. Obviously, she's not in the majority, at least I don't think so. <coughs> Excuse me. But on her own, she has figured things out. On her own. That put a smile on my face today. And I will never forget that young lady. I hope she does call and has questions. I hope she reads the two books. This is one of the reasons I write these books. This is one of the reasons I say you never know. Somebody will crack open a book, it can change their life. It's very important, the battle of ideas. Life is built on ideas, good ideas, bad ideas. Untested ideas, ideas tested through the centuries. Politics is a battle of ideas. The culture is a battle of ideas. That's why if you have Republicans in Congress who don't want to run on an agenda, they lose. The Sununus of the world, the Chris Christie's, the Mitch McConnell's, the Republican National Committee, they're afraid. Yet I have found the opposite. People are yearning for leadership. They are yearning for principles. 
They are yearning for ideas that they can embrace and believe in. And we have the best ideas. And we have the best principles. Explain them. Share them. Your typical Republican in that car would have said something about Trump. Like, yeah, I don't blame you, you know, as a person. No. No. Don't be overbearing. You know, don't get in their face. Just have a discussion. And you know what's interesting? A lot of people want to hear what you have to say. I'm not talking about the zealots, the fanatics, the zombies. You know, that's a third of the population. They're lost. We don't even need them. You only have so much time in a day. Focus on the people who need reinforcement in your own family, your friends, your colleagues, your coworkers, or who are just looking for some answers. That is the purpose of listening to a radio show like this, folks, or watching my TV show, or watching my Levin TV show, or reading my books. To provide purpose, to provide a mission, to provide principles. And to be proud about it, to be knowledgeable about it, to be conversational about it. This is why the media today hate my guts. This is why the White House hates my guts. This is why Republicans, many on Capitol Hill, hate my guts. I don't care about them. They're the problem. This is why you like a a Trump, or you like a DeSantis, or you liked a Reagan. This is why we don't embrace a Nikki Haley, but all of them do. All of them do. Just a little ride. When you never expected, the least you expect. About 50 minutes from the airport to the front steps of our home here in Virginia. Incredible. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mark Levin here, folks, with essential information about a possible digital dollar and its impact on IRAs and 401ks. Educate yourself before a digital dollar comes with Augusta Precious Metals' downside of the digital dollar report. Created due to popular demand, this report is packed with important digital dollar insights. Best of all, it shares a strategy smart investors have used to hedge against economic uncertainties like the digital dollar. Act now to learn more with Augusta Precious Metals. Do it for your financial future. Receive the free downside of the digital dollar report today by texting LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text aid and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. You know, when the Biden administration two days back refused to sell M-16s to Israel, believe that, 20,000 M-16s, rifles. 
Israel went to other countries, including South Korea. You know what the Biden administration did, Mr. Producer? Correct. It directed the other countries in South Korea not to sell them to Israel. That would be the same South Korea the Biden administration directed to release $6 billion in funds to the Iranian regime a week before the slaughter of October 7th. And since then, the $10 billion that's been released, and we already know now, from banking activity, that the Iranians have almost consumed all of that $10 billion. It's just sickening. What this man has done to our immigration system, what this man has done to energy independence, what this man has done to education in this country, to women's sports, and the list is a long one, the one-man wrecking ball. One of the great fighters, and you wouldn't have expected this early on, in the United States Congress, both houses, is Lise Stefanik. And when we come back after the top of the hour, I want to explain to you why. She filed another complaint against another judge. A federal judge in Washington, D.C. Against Judge Beryl Howe, a former staffer to Patrick Leahy. That tells you everything you need to know. She's actually quite stupid, but a very vile, radical, Democrat judge. She's the one who ruled that Donald Trump didn't have the Fifth Amendment due process right to attorney-client privilege and some phony reason. But I want to tell you about this filing because it's very, very important. I'll be back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. We have some fantastic shows and hosts lined up for you in the next two weeks. Um, Mark, where are you going on vacation? Nowhere. My wonderful wife is having major back surgery, so I will be with her. And it'll turn out great. I know it will. And the horrendous suffering that she has been experienced uh, will be mollified, I hope. That's the expectation. So that's what we'll be doing. But we have some of the best people in radio, some of our best, best ofs. You know, we spend a lot of time putting our best ofs together. We don't just slap a few shows together. That's not the way that works. We're professionals here. Only the best people fill in from time to time. 
and we put together a best of. I do that with Mr. Producer, Rich, and we make a decision on what we think are the best of shows, not from a year, two, or three ago, so it's actually a lot more work to put together a best of show than just to do the show. But we know you'll enjoy it. Really, the only times I take off radio are when there are family matters or something I have to attend to. Um, It's typically not, uh, you know, I need a mental vacation. I'm going to take three days. I don't do that. And so uh, just wanted you to be aware of that. And also, uh, since this will be the last time I can mention this to you, really the last chance to get the and I'm not going to mention it when I come back, to get the first edition, limited edition, signed copies of the Democrat Party Hates America at the flash sale of 50% off. So it's cheaper than buying it on Amazon without a signature. And it's first edition, limited edition. So if that interests you, and I hope it does, there's a lot of people out there who need to read this book. And a lot of people out there who would appreciate getting it. And a lot of fans of the show as well. If you're going to get it in time for Christmas, you're going to have to order it tonight or Saturday up to about midnight. Otherwise, they can't get it to you fast enough. And I want to encourage you, this is something that the publisher wanted to do for you. Uh, 50% off. There's not a lot of money to be made by anybody. That's not why we're doing it. We're doing it because I went to the publisher and I said, I really want to get this book in as many hands as possible. I have a fantastic audience. What can we do? And working with Premier, which is a fantastic organization, this is what we're doing. It's for you. And I mean that, honestly. It's for you. Representative Elise Stefanik filed a complaint against a judge who has ruled in the January 6th and Trump cases. She denied Donald Trump his attorney-client privilege right. She directed that his lead counsel in the January 6th committee, excuse me, January 6th litigation, testify effectively on behalf of the prosecution in front of the grand jury, which is chosen from Washington, D.C. And you see what Washington, D.C. juries do. They just handed 184, excuse me, $148 million to two... uh, complainants on a defamation case against Rudy Giuliani. And so this judge was a... This is so frustrating to me. All the stuff, even the conservatives in the House and the Senate waste their time on. Let me, let me take a step back. Maybe put my professorial hat on. But I'll make it simple. The only court that is constitutionally created, that is created by the Constitution, is the Supreme Court. It's the only one named in the Constitution. All the lower federal courts are created by Congress. Congress gives birth to these district court positions and to these circuit court positions. They do not exist on their own in the Constitution. They exist by way of a statute, typically a Judiciary Act or something like that. The current makeup of the district courts, the districts that they're in, how many judges are in each district are decided by Congress. The number of circuit courts, 
and the number of positions on these circuit courts and the jurisdiction of these circuit courts, that is, which states come under which circuit, are all decided by Congress. Did you know this, Mr. Producer? You knew because you listened to it a couple years ago because you're smart. But I want everybody to understand this. Congress, believe it or not, other than the Supreme Court, has the power to even remove jurisdiction from the lower courts. Well, how's that, Mark? It's created the lower courts. And in effect, given them jurisdiction. Now, I'm bringing all this up because when you look at Washington, D.C., probably not much bigger than the Gaza Strip. Probably much smaller than the Gaza Strip. Doesn't really matter. You have district judges, circuit judges, with enormous power, more power than any other district judges or circuit judges in the entirety of the United States where most of you live outside of Washington, D.C. Why is that? Because all the cases that involve federal bureaucratic decisions, regulations, funding, constitutional questions between the branches of government, critical, right? Most cases, not all, involving our intelligence agencies, our military, some of them leach into northern Virginia as a result of the location of the Pentagon and the CIA. The power is enormous. That's why they call the D.C. Court of Appeals the second most powerful court in America. But it doesn't have to be that way. There is no reason that Republicans or a Republican president has to tolerate this cabal, this Democrat Party, radical left-wing Obama-Biden cabal of judges stationed in Washington, D.C. who decide the biggest decisions. This is why, for the vast majority of cases involving January 6th, they're in front of Democrat judges, not exclusively. This is why the litigation about Executive privilege, presidential privilege. They're all heard in Washington, D.C., where Trump loses every time. Legitimate motions they file, but it doesn't matter. The interpretation of the Constitution, of course, the Supreme Court, but most frequently in the circuit lower courts in Washington, D.C., and who populates these benches? The vast majority are Democrats, and not just Democrats, Obama Democrats, and now Biden is filling the judiciary at a rapid pace with the help of a handful of Republicans like Lindsey Graham. So they get a chunkin. But you also get a Judge Beryl Howe, who was the chief judge of the D.C. District Court, And her claim to fame was she was a senior staffer to Patrick Leahy on the Senate Judiciary Committee. It's one of the most hateful, vile, radical, left-wing senators in modern times, if not ever. So she's a chip off the old block. She worked on that committee, scheming, attacking, undermining Republicans and Republican nominees. So I want to read you this from NBC News. And this is one of the reasons why they hate Elise Stefanik and one of the reasons you should really embrace her. 
You saw what she did on that House Education Committee. But she does more than that. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Pure Talk has you covered for the holidays with a free Moto G5G phone. No gimmicks, no trade-in necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones are almost gone. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Representative Elise Stefanik filed a complaint today alleging judicial misconduct by a federal judge who has overseen various January 6th related cases. Now look how NBC writes this. Stefanik, a staunch ally of former President Donald Trump and member of the House GOP leadership, a staunch ally. Okay, great. How come they don't talk about Democrats that way or Democrat judges that way? formally requested an ethics investigation into U.S. District Court Judge Beryl Howe over what the New York Republican called a, quote, highly inappropriate political speech, unquote, by the judge in November. Again, they have different styles of writing for Republicans than they do for Democrats. Really. I'm sure they have a little blue handbook. This is what you say about Democrats. This is what you say about Republicans. Because they write completely differently depending on who the member of the House is. The complaint submitted to D.C. Court of Appeals Chief Judge Sri Srinivasan, who I believe is a Democrat, and first reported by NBC News, pertains to Howe's remarks on November 27, when she accepted an award at the Women's White Collar Defense Association Gala. Stefanik argues that Howe's remarks were hardly apolitical and that the judge's remarks were plainly inappropriate, consisting of partisan statements, election interference, and improper extrajudicial statements while criminal cases are pending before her. This used to be obvious. Everybody used to oppose this, but not anymore. The Democrat Party, of course, is not a party. It is an autocratic entity. Uh, How uh, declined NBC News's request for a comment. That's right. She only comments in front of uh, her ilk. And a spokesperson for the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia did not immediately return a request for comment. How's acceptance speech fo- focused on the cruciality of facts and cited the January 6th attack on the Capitol. She should never have discussed the Capitol at all. These cases have been flowing in and out of her courtroom. My D.C. judicial colleagues and I, she said, regularly see the impact of big lies at the sentencing of hundreds, hundreds of individuals who've been convicted for offense, offensive conduct on January 6, 2021. 
when they disrupted the certification of the 2020 presidential election at the U.S. Capitol. A district court, as district court judges, we are all about facts. More than 1,200 people have been charged, of course. Stefanik pointed to Hal's reference to a passage in a book by Heather Cox Richardson, author of Democracy Awakening, that said the U.S. was, quote, at a crossroads, teetering on the brink of authoritarianism, unquote, as evidence that the judge's speech veered into politicization. Well, of course it did. Problem is, who's going to hear this, this ethics complaint? Democrats. Democrat Appeals Court? Democrat Bar Association? Democrats. She argued that Howe promoted the Democrat political campaign theme that the re-election of Donald Trump equates to America choosing authoritarianism. Oh, she didn't mean that. No, no, no. She was just stating a fact in a vacuum, utterly unrelated to January 6th, even though she referenced it earlier. You don't understand, Elise. No, no. Hal did not mention Trump or Ripa. Here comes NBC with their pea brains. Hal did not mention Trump or Republicans by name. Oh, okay. But alluded to the former president, including while remarking on the storming of the Capitol on January 6th. And it goes on. Here you have a judge, Beryl Hal, who's completely out of the closet. Completely out of the closet who is a Marxist bomb thrower going back decades on Capitol Hill and on the court. She's known to the court and on the court. Not to be the brightest bulb. Trust me. I know people. And to clearly be a knee-jerk leftist. She shouldn't be in a black robe. Unless, of course, she's roaming around in the streets like a homeless person. But she's supposed to be a judge. And she's not the only one. There's several of them, just like this one, on that bench. So, to circle back. Why doesn't the House Judiciary Committee, and why don't Republicans in the Senate, get together with some smart people, prepare a piece of legislation... that diffuses the power of the court system in Washington, D.C., moves it not just to some of the suburbs, but some other states. Why should all regulatory matters be heard by people who don't produce anything? Washington, D.C. is not an industrial city. It's a government city. Why shouldn't some of those decisions be given to courts in Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia. Why are all these decisions made in Washington, D.C.? Why are all cases involving politicians, pretty much, heard in Washington, D.C.? Which votes for Democrats the way for the way that uh, people supposedly voted in Iraq, 95%. Why should that be? Why should all this power be in one city that's not even a state? It shouldn't be. 
And so the judiciary needs to be addressed, or this is going to continue. This is in our Constitution. We have the power to do this. Whether we can get the votes is a different thing, but you can't give up. You've got to pound away every year, every election cycle. There's no reason why only one tiny speck on the map, Washington, D.C., should have all this control over our lives, whether it's the bureaucracy, whether it's lawmaking, whether it's judicial decision-making, just by the fact that these edifices are in Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia. No! They need to break up this judicial cabal in Washington, D.C., and the sooner the better. And they need to start talking about it, campaigning on it, and taking actions to try and get it done. I'll be right back. Pure Talk has you covered for the holidays with a free Moto G5G phone. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones are almost gone. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. The one-man antidote for liberal media bias, Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. I'm going to miss you, folks. You know, some people are on TV, some people are on digital TV, some people are columnists. You know, whatever makes the world work, whatever people like to do. My first love is and always has been I mean, other than family and my wife, is radio. Radio. Tell you a little story. When I was 16 years old, actually before that, I would go to bed with a little transistor radio that I got from Radio Shack. It had AM and FM, and it actually had international, but you could never pick up anything no matter how much you move the antenna. It's a good radio. I kept it for like 20 years and I didn't think it fell off the table and broke, but whatever. And I think it cost me like 20 bucks. At the time, that was a lot of money. I think my allowance back then was like 45 cents a week or 75 cents a week. The good old days when you actually could afford something. But I went to bed listening to talk radio in Philadelphia. And on the weekends, I would listen to talk radio. The station was called WCAU in Philadelphia. Now it's WPHT. WCAU was one of the earliest stations, the historic stations. It was started and owned by Paley. 
Paley, who would eventually go on to purchase more radio stations. Then when TV came into being, he created CBS, the CBS Television Network, and so forth. But this was really early on his his diamond in the rough. It's got 50,000 watts, as all the first round of stations do. WOR. There's stations in Albuquerque, Mexico, Albany, Dallas, in Oklahoma, all over the country. And the reason a relative handful of stations had such massive waters, some of them actually have 100,000 wattage reach, is because it was viewed as a national security issue. There needed to be an ability to communicate throughout the country. And we're talking about the late 20s here. So I wrote the program director at WCAU, now WPHT, constantly, maybe five times, with an idea for a show. Have I ever told you this, Mr. Producer? With an idea for a radio show. Once a week, for teenagers. Out of the blue one day, and I wish I remembered the gentleman's name. The program director said, well, we can't do a show. And I know why now, because teenagers wouldn't listen to it. They can't sell spots. Okay. But why don't you come in and you'll do one show with one of our hosts. And we'll give you the whole half hour, half hour of the show all to yourself. Now, what do you think about that? Do program directors do that today? I doubt it. And this was on one of the biggest stations in America, with the big, one of the biggest reaches in America, WCAU. So I went on there, and I was down there with my mother and my father. I, I was around 16. I wrote notes. Boy, was I nervous. I don't remember what it sounded like. All I know is when I walked out of there, I was pretty happy. I've always had this in my blood. I would also, late at night, when I was supposed to be asleep, fiddle around with the antenna on the AM dial to reach a station you may have heard of before in in, uh, New York called WABC. WABC. I've been listening to WABC as a Philly kid. Since I was 15, 16 years old. I'm 66 now. There was one host there who really, really drew my attention. Bob Grant. Now he was fired at some point. He went to WOR and then he went down to Philly. To one of our talk stations there. And then he he went back to WABC. But later in life I became very, very close friends with Bob. What a great guy. But I also remember calling him when I was a teenager. I was very nervous. I think it was the afternoon, one of the afternoons. And I had mentioned to him, I support Ronald Reagan. I think this is 1976, maybe 80. No, it was 76. And, uh, young man, who do you think should be his running mate should he run? uh, Who would you suggest? I said, Jack Kemp. 
You're a very intelligent young man. I remember him telling me that. But that's never going to happen. Because the Republican Party won't allow two conservatives on one ticket. Probably right. I loved Bob Grant. And in Philadelphia, on the old WCAU, very late at night. Maybe I believe it was starting at midnight to about five in the morning on the weekends. There was a fabulous host. A fabulous host. He was hilarious, smart as hell, conservative, and he created this whole genre. He called them the little rascals. Now, obviously, you saw it on TV, but it wasn't done on radio. And what the hell? It's midnight to five in the morning. And those phones were clogged from the minute he came on the air. I should know. I, I spent an hour, two, three, trying to get through. Back then, you know, we had the, the finger dial phones, not even the push button phone. And I got a really long extension. And I go up to the floor where nobody was, there wasn't any bedroom, nobody was sleeping. I think we had an old pool table there. My parents, very modest means. And I pulled the phone into the room because the, the phone plug was in the hallway. And I'd shut the door, and I would dial and dial and dial with my finger. And you tried to time it so once when somebody hung up. And it became a very big family from time to time. The guy's name was Bill Corsair. Bill Corsair, one of the great radio pioneers that doesn't get enough credit. And married to his beautiful wife. And they're still with us, thank God. And he's a Vietnam vet. Great patriot. And I would call and call and dial and dial. And if I didn't get through Saturday night, he was there Sunday, I'd do the same thing Sunday. Could be 4 in the morning, 4.30 in the morning on Sunday, and there's Mark. And everybody gave themselves a name, or he gave them a name. So I gave myself a name. As a young teenager. Remember the name I gave myself, Mr. Producer? The matzo ball kid. I don't know why. Everybody else was coming up with names. I called myself the matzo ball kid. And I would call. And Bill Corsair was polite. He was funny. He gave the callers time. Just terrific. I would listen weeknights to a guy on the radio who would later become a TV guy, Larry King. Larry King did a hell of a radio interview. You didn't even know his views back then. I'm talking about half a century ago. He didn't know he was a liberal. He didn't know what he was. But he gave great, great interviews on radio. And I'd listen to him. And others, locals in Philadelphia friend of mine, am I boring you, Mr. Producer? If I'm boring you, I'm boring everybody. No? friend of mine, well, he got to do a weekend show on an FM station that became a talk station. But his time was 1 in the morning until 5.30 in the morning. 
my buddy Ken. And Ken was a great guy. He was a conservative activist. And so I would drive down there. Maybe I was 18 years old, 17. Go into the studio and sit there with him for five hours and watch him do it. Every now and then, slip him a thought or during the break, slip him a thought. He said, keep them coming. They're interesting. And then, one time, you may recall I was listening to this fella. I forget when it was, maybe 1991, something like that. By the name of Rush Limbaugh. Never heard him before. I got to know the people around him, especially Kathy Gleason. And just unsolicited, I would start to, I would fax, because back then I wasn't much of an emailer, I couldn't get on AOL, you know, it kind of popped up around 1980, it was so slow, on constitutional issues, on legal issues, unsolicited. He says to Kathleen, who is this guy? And Kathleen was always very generous with her time and with giving me credit for sending things from time to time, constitutional issues, legal issues. So out of the blue, one day I hear Mark Levin, the director of our legal division. Of course, there was no legal division. And then I would hear him calling me F. Lee Levin. F. Lee Levin, the director of our legal division. Wow. Was I proud. And one weekend he invited me down to his home. In West Palm Beach. Actually it wasn't a week away. It was a Saturday, Sunday, but also a Monday. And back then he was trying to broadcast out of his house. The HOA chased him down. He had to move it his studio to a beautiful townhouse in Palm Beach, but he really wanted to do it from his house, but he had to stop. But at that point, a few weeks he was able to, I sat right next to him. I was watching everything he did. I'd give him notes from time to time. And he loved it. And when we were done, when he was done, he said, you were watching me very closely. You're watching me very intensely. He said, you want to do radio one day, don't you? I said, yes, sir. I said, okay. And uh, he was right about that. Then there was another gentleman on the scene. Came on the scene later than Rush. But I would listen to him. Listen to him on WABC. I said, this guy's good. I don't know who he is. I never heard him before. And his name was Sean Hannity. Now, Sean Hannity wanted me to substitute for him, particularly during the Christmas holidays. That's where you find a lot of great hosts, by the way. Other stations, other regions. 
I said, no, I, I don't think I can do that. I've never really done a whole show. He said, no, no, you can do it. I said, look, my problem is the ins and outs. You know, I can talk the substance in between. I'll be right back or coming back. He said, I'll tell you what, I'll teach you how to do that. He had me come to his house. Nobody had to do any of these things. He had these five by seven cards. They were blue. And on each one, he went over with me. There must have been 40, 42, 52, I don't remember. Hi, I'm Mark Levin. I'll be right back. Or hi, this is WABC. Welcome back. He called the formatics. He said, listen to me. This may seem stupid, but it's going to make your show smooth because you have all it takes to be a host. You got the substance, but it needs to be smooth. You get in, you get out, you do the substance. He said, so instead of memor- you know, being nervous, just grab a card and read it like a monkey. Getting in and out. Made all the difference in the world. Then a program director by the name of Phil Boyce at WABC. This guy, second to none. He said, I want you to do a Sunday show. Management won't pay you. It's from noon to two. I said, I'll do it. I mean, to learn this on the biggest radio station in America, in the biggest city in America. And he had faith in me. And you know what he told me? He threw me in the pool and said, you're on your own. Now you either swim or you don't. And he promoted me and supported me from then on to my position at WABC that I had because nobody was getting any ratings six to nine. They were getting killed by sports and they were losing to WOR. And it went from there to syndication and so forth. I'm telling you all this because people ask me this all the time. How did you get started? And since it's the Christmas season and we're almost there, now you know. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Pure Talk has you covered for the holidays with a free Moto G5G phone. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones are almost gone. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Ken Bohm. People said I forgot to mention his last name. I apologize. Ken Bohm was a dear friend of mine since past. So I got my start in radio, really, in New York on WABC. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. 
So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Hi, this is Mark Levin. Will you join me in fighting the epic battle of the millennium? Do you realize that since the overturning of Roe, abortion states have seen a huge increase in patients? Sadly, babies' lives are more at risk than ever. And that's where Preborn steps in. Preborn introduces moms to their precious babies through ultrasound. When a mom in crisis hears her baby's heartbeat and sees her or him on ultrasound, she's twice as likely to choose life. To donate securely, call pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, baby. Or go to preborn.com slash mark. That's preborn.com slash mark. Preborn has a 100% charity rating and is a 501c3. Five ultrasounds are just $140, helping to rescue five babies. And now through a match, your gift is doubled, saving twice as many babies. Trust me, you will never regret saving a baby's life. Please go to preborn.com slash mark today. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. We'll take some calls at the end of the program. Dean Phillips. Do you know who Dean Phillips is? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't. He's sort of a, uh, he's a congressman uh, from Minnesota. Sort of a moderate, very wealthy, self-made businessman. And he's running in the Democrat primary against Joe Biden. See all the great attention he's getting? None. Zero. See how the media is swinging behind him? None. Zero. Now, they like to talk about Robert Kennedy Jr. Why? Because he's a kook. That's why. What? He's a kook. With a capital K. Kook. Doesn't mean he's not likable. Doesn't mean he shouldn't have Secret Service protection. That has nothing to do with it. He's a kook. This guy's a liberal. Left center. He's taking on Biden. Obviously quite a long shot. But you know what's interesting, and I'm not pushing this, something can happen to a candidate of Biden's frailty along the way. You just never know. So this guy isn't to be completely blown off, even though he is by the Democrat Party media. Because they'd rather have somebody with, uh, well, with dementia. I'm just being honest. 
who has people around him who reflect Obama's policies. That's fine by them. They don't care if he's a kumquat. That's fine by them, too. But I think it's about time that we conservatives hear a little bit of what he has to say. I mean, there is another primary going on. Let's take a listen. Kristen Welker. Remember her, MSNBC? I'm not a big fan, of course. Cut 10, go. So let's start right there. Last time you and I spoke, you said that you are not taking on President Biden. You're not running against him. You told me that, and now you're calling him an unelectable threat to democracy. What has changed? Well, that is unelectable. I mean, the data is showing every <laughs> single poll coming out right now, Kristen. Everyone Hold on a second. Is... How stupid are these reporters? And she's supposed to be among the best. What has changed? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing's changed. He's still unelectable. Go ahead. And further behind, his approval numbers at historic lows. And I'm trying to generate a wake-up call to Democrats that we have a real problem here. And rather than stifling and suppressing competition, we should be encouraging you it. You don't understand. May I, just, may I just add to Dean? The polls don't matter to the Democrats. Does anybody know why, Mr. Producer? Because they cheat! Go ahead. You're encouraging other candidates to enter the race. The water's warm. We need to practice democracy now. And I want to make something clear. The president is not a threat to democracy, but running and suppressing other candidates is a threat when you are behind in the polls like he is. And frankly, to disenfranchise voters in Florida and North Carolina, which is what has happened in the last two weeks. is so also in other words, the Democrat Party thought, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing what that, inst- that party as an institution gets away with because of its autocracy. It cheats. It lies. It changes laws. And they're obviously trying to crush this guy and keep him off the ballot, the way they're trying to keep Trump off the ballot. They don't really want, quote-unquote, democracy. They don't really want, quote-unquote, everybody to vote, unless, of course, they vote for them. So they're busy trying to keep Trump off the ballot, and they're busy trying to keep this guy, Dean Phillips, off the ballot. Because, you know... Joe Biden is so popular, so important, so fantastic. Go ahead. Pointing out the fact that we should be practicing democracy, not stifling it. Mm -hmm. Cut 11, go. Just to be clear, you are saying because you think he's unelectable, you believe he's a threat to democracy. So you're ultimately... See what, here's her thing. No, 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 no. Trump's the threat to democracy. You've got to get the big lie right. He's worse than Hitler. He's a threat to democracy. Trump, says the MSNBC, NBC journalist. Not Biden. You can't say that about Biden. You're, you're confusing our messaging, our narrative. Let's start from the top. Cut 11, go. You, just to be clear... You are saying because you think he's unelectable, you believe he's a threat to democracy. So you're ultimately still calling him a threat to democracy. Wow. No, 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 no. You can't say that. Joe? Borders wide open, violating immigration laws, violating separation of powers, seizing the power of the purse on the student loan debacle? Come on. Joe? Funding terrorists, funding Iran, funding Hamas and the PLO? While putting his foot on the throat of the Jews in Israel? Come on, he's not a threat to democracy. His family selling Joe's office when he's vice president for over $30 million to the communist Chinese and everything else? 
Come on, he's not a threat to democracy. He's Scranton Joe, lunch bucket Joe. By the way, nobody in Scranton knows anything damn thing about this guy. I'm from Pennsylvania, these great towns in central Pennsylvania. Scranton doesn't claim Joe Biden. They don't know who the hell Joe Biden is. Joe Biden, his family moved from there when he was five years old to Wilmington. Go ahead. We're propagating this delusion that he will beat Donald Trump. They collectively are a threat to democracy. I'm just going to call it like I see it. And that's what the country is saying in every single poll. And if we don't wake up soon, Kristen, we're going to be in for a tragedy. And this time we know it. 2016, we couldn't believe it. This time we better believe it. And that's the truth. I just want to make it clear. He is not a threat. He's a good man and someone I respect. But this delusion that he can win is a threat to democracy, yes. Everybody's threatening democracy if the Democrats don't win. You understand how this goes? If this guy doesn't win, well, then it's a threat to democracy. Biden doesn't win, it's a threat to democracy. And everybody agrees Trump's a threat to democracy. Except that young woman driving that car for Lyft says, I'm not buying any of this. I don't even know what they're talking about. Of course, they don't know what they're talking about. You got thugs like Joe Scarborough popping off. Just remember something. That's a very stupid guy. Why would you listen to a damn thing that fool has to say? Hey, Meek, he talks like a stupid guy. Hey, uh, Meek, uh, shut up, you moron. And the other thing is, have you noticed he has, what do they have, a round table or something? Or whatever they have. I don't really watch it. But they always have three guests at the same time, two or three, four guests. Don't they, Mr. Producer? Wow, that must be a hard show to do. And they all say the same damn thing. All, and by the way, Joe, if you want to come, call into the show, please do. It's not a complicated number. If you get confused, ask Mika. But there you are. Now we have Miles Taylor, former chief of staff, Homeland Security. And he's on MSLSD yesterday. And guess who he's on with? Jen Psaki. A serial liar. Um, she's definitely a white dominant person, don't you think, Mr. Producer? In fact, I call her a translucent dominant person. But what do I know? But this is the kind of language and talk you get on a MSNBC. And she was disgusting when she worked for the government, and she's disgusting now. And can I tell you something, Jen? May I call you? May I call you, Jen? Can I tell you something, honey? Why, why don't you, why don't you take a time slot up against me on Fox? You're an up and comer. You're a star. Oh my God! It's Jen Psaki. I'm serious. 8 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday or Sunday, but especially Sunday with 60 minutes and football. We could use you. Come on, come on in, Jen. Give it a shot, head to head. What do you think? They're all such cowards. So Miles Taylor, former Chief of Staff, Homeland Security Secretary, did a fantastic job, didn't he? Miles. Cut 12, go. There were contemporaries around the 20th century's most infamous dictator, uh, Adolf Hitler, 
that are are striking. You know, people around that time yeah, period. Yeah, I have to agree with them on this, America. I do. And Franklin Roosevelt would be one of them. Franklin Roosevelt. Oh, you didn't read The Democrat Party Hates America. Oh, you didn't read Chapter 2. It's all right there. That way you know how to answer a boob like this. Franklin Roosevelt. Well, he was present with the rise of Hitler. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. So why was immigration essentially cut off when Jews were trying to escape certain death in Europe? Roosevelt did that. Famous ship hit our shores after they couldn't land in Cuba. About 800 Jews on there, fleeing for their lives. FDR turned it around and sent it back. Two-thirds of those people were exterminated. FDR. Oh, yeah, there were people around back then. Joseph Kennedy Sr. of the Kennedy clan. Democrats don't like to talk about him. He was a crook. He was a womanizer. He was a cheat. But he was also pro-Third Reich and Hitler. And he got an appointment to, the, uh, to Britain as the ambassador. Often considered our most important position when it comes to ambassadors. And what did he do there? What did this Democrat icon do? He was back-channeling to Hitler in the Third Reich. Celebrating them. Kennedy? Yes, Kennedy. Word got back to FDR and even he was embarrassed. So he pulled him back. Gave him a different job, head of the new SEC. Where he basically used that position to make millions and millions of dollars. But that's a whole other story. What a great Democrat. There were Democrats around like that. You know Miles. Your name Miles? Miles Taylor, everybody. Miles Taylor. Wasn't that like a singing group for the Jackie Gleason show? Something like that? Anyway, so... Uh... Oh, no, those were dancers. Anyway, so... Uh... A lot of Democrats around back then. I've talked to you more recently here on Levin TV and on Fox about all those Democrats running all those poison ivy schools. Welcome Nazis with open arms. Welcome students, Nazis, student exchange students. Embraced them, celebrated them. Ah, Democrats. And the Nazis today in the streets. The Islamists, the Marxists, effectively Nazis. The things they're doing, the things they're doing to Jews and all the rest of it. They vote Democrat. If they vote, they vote Democrat. Those tenured professors pushing out their Jew hatred and their anti-Semitism, they vote Democrat. They're Democrats. Nobody can challenge me on this stuff. It's a fact. It's the truth. The Democrat Party owns these college campuses. 
They own these professors. They do. Former chief of staff at Homeland Security. And there's Jen Psaki. Go. Dark that he wanted to implement tyranny. This whole range of foreseeable right, policies. Shut up, a hole. Didn't want to intermen- Wanted to implement tyranny. Look at this, ladies and gentlemen. Three years later. Did Trump eliminate democracy? No, the war on democracy is being launched by Biden and the Democrats. Did he promote tyranny? How so? They want to project their own defects onto Trump. Trump has never done anything they accuse him of. Period. But there's Miles Taylor. But go ahead. I want to get the Pasaki. Taylor's words made very obvious what he wanted to do. We are experiencing that with Donald Trump. His contemporaries are calling him out. His own words dictate what he's going to do. And yet, incredibly... No, the ruling class calls him out, Republican and Democrat. That's all. The Christies, the Sununus, the Paul Ryans, the McConnells, the people we despise who have done nothing to save this country. And when they were in office, did nothing to save this country. They just want to manage our decline. They want to get along with the Marxists and the Islamists who are destroying this country. Chris Christie has no legacy. Other than that very troublesome photo of him on the beach, he and the family, but by himself like he was a beach sperm whale. Nobody else could get on the beach or Sununu. Anybody can ever remember about Sununu was he parts his hair down by his, uh, down by his ear the hell has he done even in a small state like new hampshire nothing nothing that's memorable paul ryan blew it was a lousy speaker of the house carl rove blew it all the time always has opposed every conservative for office going back to reagan anyway go ahead we are still zombie walking towards that potential catastrophe but i hope more paul ryan's will come forward of course they do you have democrat radical activists supporting biden wanting paul ryan's to come forward what does that tell you go ahead vert uh what could be the end of the republic i mean (laughs) oh yes yes and pal uh, let me ask you something have you prepared for that have you purchased a property overseas they're such friggin' liars, it's disgusting. The end of the republic. And yet they embrace people who want the end of the republic. What do they think the 1619 Project is? What do they think CRT is? What do they think an open borders is? What do they think their hate for the Constitution is? And our capitalist system is? These are people who supported Bernie Sanders. Go ahead. Well, Donald Trump is also echoing Hitler. So there's there's there you go. There you go. He's echoing Hitler. Actually, Joe Biden's echoing Hitler. Joe Biden is funding the terrorists that attacked the Jews. In Israel. And despite talking out of one side of his mouth, out of the other side of his mouth, he doesn't want the Jews to win. He keeps trying to take Jewish ancestral lands away from them. And he keeps threatening. And you, madam, sound very much like Goebbels to me. I'll be right back.
Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Michelle Wu. Well, she's the mayor of Boston. I'm told she's married to a white guy. Now, why does that matter? Ladies and gentlemen, everything now is discussed through the lens of race. Everything, everything, everything. That is individual human beings. Race. Now, this is a mayor who wanted a no-whites holiday party. I wonder if she brought her white husband to the holiday party. But this is the kind of racism, bigotry, and yes, segregation that's going on now in our country, thanks to the Democrat Party. They've always believed in these things, racism, bigotry, and segregation. Now they just put a new twist on it. They have preferred minorities and minorities that aren't preferred. This generation of bigots and racists and segregationists in the Democrat Party despises Asians. They're just too damn smart. They work too hard. They have a culture of education. We can't have that. They prove that you can be successful in America. You can be successful in a capitalist system. No, no, no. You can't have that. No. Too many Asians are applying at Harvard and too many actually qualify, so we have to change the admission procedures. To what? To people who hate America. And so this is what we get on Harvard College campuses. People who hate America. Islamists, Marxists, Democrats, future media stars, Hollywood drama Students. You have to hate America, you say. Here's Michelle Wu on WCVB TV, Boston. Now, we don't want any whites at our party. What are you talking about? White dominant damn culture? What about your husband? He's different. Why? Because he is. Cut 14, go. Tonight, Boston's Mayor Michelle Wu admits that a mistake was made in an invitation to a holiday party. See, the mistake, of- was the, inv- the mistake was the invitation that certain people got it who weren't supposed to. And then they said, wait a minute. the hell is this? This is racist. No, no, no. Now, for the Democrats, if something's racist, it's inclusive. Excuse me? Oh, yes, yes, yes. You'd have to, you have to follow the bouncing ball. So when you exclude people, it's inclusive? Oh, yes. Yes. Just like a penis is not a penis. Vagina is not a vagina. They're all Houdinis when it comes to language. Have you noticed that? Anyway, go ahead. Council received an email invitation to what's called a gathering of electeds of color. Electeds of color. Now, if I came on this show, Mr. Producer, and three weeks ago I said, I want to talk about Electeds of color. What do you think would happen, Mr. Producer? Can you imagine? He's worse than Hitler. Oh, excuse me. I don't know. You're worse than Hitler. Electeds of color? You can't say that. That's obviously racist. Okay. By the way, it wouldn't even occur to me to say it. Plus, it's illiterate. So it's illiterate on top of everything else. Electeds? It's not a plural. Electeds of colored. Of colored or whatever it is. Go ahead. Members of the council fit that description. I think-
think we've we've had individual conversations with everyone so people understand that okay. it was truly just a an honest mistake that went out in in typing the email field and um, I look forward to celebrating with everyone at the holiday uh. parties that we will have besides this one as well so um, it is my intention that we can again um, be a city that ah, shut up you idiot and let me tell you something what you, let me tell you what she means by all that mumbo jumbo because she explained it at some point. And, of course, the media helped her explain it. We have all kinds of holiday parties. All kinds. For all kinds of people. And I intend to attend every one of them. So I can, you know, do my racial checklist. Okay, there's the blacks, there's the Hispanics, there are the Asians. Ah, okay, the white guys over there, this guy over here. And so I intend to be inclusive by attending all these segregated Christmas parties. Excuse me, holiday parties. can say Christmas. It's got the word Christ in there. No, the holiday parties. And so that's the answer. She'll go to all the segregated parties. It's like segregated graduations at Harvard and all the other Poison Ivy schools. It's like segregated dorms. It's like segregated... Whatever. Yes, because the Democrat Party has always believed in racism and segregation. It's just somebody else's turn this time. And in 20 years, it'll be somebody else's turn after that. Except there's one constant, Mr. Bidus. The Jews. I'm just telling you the truth. The rabid anti-Semitism in the Democrat Party never abates. It just takes different forms. It'll camouflage itself for a while, that sort of thing. And we have rabid anti-Semitism in the Democrat Party. We have rabid anti-Semitism in the Biden White House. We have rabid anti-Semitism in the Biden State Department. We've had rabid anti-Semitism particularly among the Democrats in the House of Representatives. Almost a half of them. We've rabid anti-Semitism on MSNBC and CNN, the New York Times and the Washington Post. That never changes. When you look at my book, The Democrat Party Hates America, you have chapter two. that talks about the history of the Democrat Party and anti-black racism. But the title is Anti-Black Racism and Anti-Semitism. Then there's chapter three, Anti-White Racism. Hey, what did he say? anti-white racism, and anti-Semitism. That's right. It's the modern Democrat Party. Pretty amazing. Pretty disgusting, actually. I can't believe it, Mr. Bittes. We have 20 minutes left in the... Where did this show go? So let us, uh, let's listen to... What else will Trump do when he's president? He's going to be worse than Hitler. According to the brilliant Joe Scarborough, he's going to imprison people and execute them. Couldn't do his brilliant guest, the bombastic honorary member. I'm making an honorary member today, former senator from uh, Missouri. Fatties United, she needs to join FU. Lucky for her, I can't remember her name. She's so irrelevant. In any event, we have Elissa Slotkin. Now, she's running for the Senate in Michigan, and she's considered a moderate. Oh, she's a moderate. There are no moderates. When it comes to that party. Cut eight, go. 
Putin's having a party. He had a four-hour press conference and talked about, you know, how happy he was that we were fighting over this assistance. All he wants to do and has to do is wait, right? All he wants to do is let us fight, let us argue amongst ourselves, um, and frankly, wait for a potential Donald Trump presidency, because Donald Trump, this isn't a political statement. He's been clear that he will hand eastern Ukraine on a platter to Vladimir Putin. He'll He's been very clear. He's going to give Vladimir Putin... The eastern side of Ukraine. He's very clear about this. Let me see if I understand. He hates the Jews. He hates the blacks. Hates the Hispanics. He's going to surrender part of Ukraine. He's loved by Putin. Loved by Xi. And of course he loves the inbred in North Korea. He's a white supremacist, don't you know? Worse than Hitler? Maybe he's Stalin. No, no, no. No, no. Maybe he's Mussolini. We can't decide yet. And of course we know he's a threat to democracy. My God, is he a threat to democracy! Therefore, we need to charge him with 11 counts. We need to have these Potemkin courts with these radical left-wing judges, radical left-wing prosecutors, and of course, juries put by Democrat cities. Throw him in prison. Then we'll save democracy, you see. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Ladies and gentlemen, in the uh, state of New Hampshire, Nikki Haley is starting to get independence of Democrats at her New Hampshire town halls who say they disagree with her but vote strategically for her in hopes of beating Trump. This is from David Weigel at the communist Chinese favorite website, Semaphore. Is it Semaphore or Semaphore skin? Semaphore, right, Mr. Producer? Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Um, It's hard to tell the difference over there. But nonetheless, so Nikki Haley... Uh, intends to benefit from non-conservatives and non-Republicans, of course. And that's now her uh, her game plan. Look, folks, we're coming to the end of the program. And I just want you to know how honored I am for you to be there, how blessed I am, how we, those of us who are red-blooded Americans who really believe in this country, believe in God and believe in faith, I just want to thank you. We can all gather here every year. Here we go.
All right, folks, I got to start early to get it all in. God bless you. Thank you. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your time. And this is the time of year to do it. And just know how much I appreciate and love you, too. You're my big family. Life, Liberty, and Levin, Saturday and Sunday, the last live shows for two or three weeks. You're not going to want to miss those either. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central. Set your DVR. Record them any way you wish if you want to do something else. They are killer, killer, killer shows. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, freedom fighters all over the world. Good night, Spritey and Griffey. Good night, Pepsi and Smokey. Good night, Zelda and Gigi. Good night, Indy and Patton. Good night, Rory and Barney and Marty. Oh, my God, do we miss you. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. Good night, Joe. And good night, Teddy. Merry Christmas, folks, and have a great new year. God bless you.